Leslie's is bringing back Pro Days. Leslie's Pro customers can take advantage of chemical early buys, liquid subscription services in selected markets, and the newly launched Relager Rewards program. Ask your local store or salesperson to learn more. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of this podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about some of the negatives of the swimming pool industry, and this is specifically of being self-employed, basically. And are these really negatives, and are these a positive instead, or are they something neutral? And of course, there are real negatives to being self-employed. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Let me start with probably the biggest negative that I see of being self-employed, and that is the cost of health insurance. Now, if you work for a big company, a lot of times your the cost of health insurance is subsidized. If you're a teacher, for example, usually the school district picks up 100% of your health insurance for you and your family. A lot of organizations will also give you a discount on the premium. But if you're self-employed, you're pretty much on your own as far as finding health care and paying for it, paying the premium. And you'll find that every year the premium is going to increase on you. And as you get older, the rates are going to get even higher. So it's one of those things where it's, you know, do you work for a company just to get the benefits? I don't think that's necessarily the way to look at it. I think you have a built-in cost in your pool service that covers the health insurance. So your your service rate should factor in all the extra costs of being self-employed. And health insurance is one of those costs. Now here in California, we have covered California. And they do help offset some of the costs by the state giving you money to pay the insurance premium. And it's really messy. And it's one of those things that's really hard to navigate on your own. And I think it's probably a lot worse prior to that. Insurance was easier to manage. Now with the Covered California, makes things more complicated. But health insurance is a real issue. And it's something that you really have to factor in. How much is it going to cost you to insure you, your wife, your kids? And if you're leaving a corporate job or a job that has health insurance benefits, as long as you factor in the extra costs that you're going to incur by leaving that and starting a pool business, or or if you're thinking about getting into a certain industry that has benefits and you're kind of weighing the pros and cons of that against a pool route, I've been paying my own health insurance for decades now, and it's not a big deal. It's just something that's a necessary evil when you're self-employed. And it's one of the benefits of being self-employed because you can scale your income to cover the cost of something like this. If you're working for a corporation, you only have so much you can do to make money. You can work overtime. You can work 50, 60 hours a week if you wanted to scale up that business or scale up that job, I should say. But if you have a business, you can scale it up in many ways to cover the cost of that. As long as you're aware of the cost and you can scale your pool service business up to cover it, I don't think it's a big issue The other one is a retirement plan. Now, I think a lot of the matching 401k plans have gone away. They don't match. Many companies don't match dollar for dollar. 
you know, when when my dad was working for GTE and Verizon, they were matching his 401k dollar for dollar. And he retired with, you know, I think over a million or more than a million dollars in his 401k because of that matching contribution. I don't think anyone does that. I mean, maybe someone still does that kind of matching. But retirement plans at companies and pensions, if you're a teacher or a police officer or work for the government, are something that are nice to have. And I think it's one of those things where you sacrifice being self-employed, you know, to have that kind of benefit. You're under a lot of pressure in those positions, in those jobs, but you do have that pension when you retire. So there are some pros to that also. You don't have to worry about, you know, you're pretty much going to get your salary for the rest of your life in some cases, depending on the career you choose. So is self-employment bad as far as retirement? And if you don't plan yourself and if you're not a planner and don't have any retirement ideas of doing any kind of retirement planning, then I would say you're probably better off with a corporate job or doing something where, you know, there's some kind of retirement benefit in that field because you have to really plan for this. And it takes a lot of effort as someone who's self-employed to plan for the future. Now you are paying social security. There's kind of a myth that if you're self-employed, you don't pay into social security. That's not true. You pay into it based on the income that you make. And so you're going to get social security benefits. Now, when you can collect those, they keep pushing the age back. And I think in the future, it's going to be like 80 years old by the time you can collect. But there is Social Security, and you're going to get some kind of benefit from that. And you are paying into it. But you have to have something beyond that. And of course, when you retire, you want to maintain, you want to have as much retirement income as you're making now to be logical and to survive without you know, having to really cut your cost or live in a mobile home or live with your kids. So it's one of those things where if you're a planner and if you do things correctly, you can definitely plan and fund your own retirement. And I don't think there's a huge difference with funding your retirement through a corporate job or as a teacher or as a police officer than it is funding your retirement yourself. It just takes more effort. You don't have a pension. You don't have any kind of matching retirement plan. But certainly you can meet with a financial advisor and they can set you up with a viable plan to where you will have a, an X amount of income based on how much you invest now in your for the future. And it's something that I don't think is a big deal, really, if you plan and if you do it yourself and have something lined up. And so I hear it all the time. Well, I'd like to start my pool business and I'd like to change careers, but there's no health insurance benefits and there's no retirement benefits. I think you have to, of course, account for that in the amount of money you charge your customers how you scale your business up, how many pools you want to have, how many repairs, how big you want to get. But these two kind of big negatives are easy to overcome with some planning and knowing the cost of both how much you're going to put towards retirement each month and the cost you're going to put towards health care. Another big thing that I hear a lot is that if you have your own business, there's no safety net. And that's true. There is no safety net unless you create your own safety net, which is easy to do, by the way, with an emergency fund. So I think it's really not true that if you're self-employed, you have no safety net. You can create your own safety net in two ways. You can have cash in the bank that will cover your expenses for up to six months. And I would really suggest six months if you're self-employed. Or you can have a home equity line with a limit of 100000 200000 And you can borrow on that equity line if you do get in trouble 
let's say something happens and you're effectively out of business for a month. You know, there was fires in some areas in California and the pool service companies in those areas were out of business for one or two months as they were cleaning up the mess and the pools weren't accessible. Everything was destroyed, basically. In Florida, when they had major hurricanes, you're pretty much out of business for three or four weeks in some cases. And you have to have some kind of fund to fund that because, of course, you're not getting paid because you're not servicing the pools and the customers are in bad shape to begin with. And you need to have an emergency fund for those kind of events and for anything else. Maybe you break your leg and you lose some accounts and you lose some money. You have to have some cash saved in the bank. And I'll address injuries and sick days in a minute. But you should have some kind of cash in the bank to cover your expenses if you can't do your route and if you lose some accounts because of that. So it's really easy to create a safety net, again, with a cash emergency fund of six months of expenses in the bank or a home equity line if you own a home and you can borrow on that money when you need to in a pinch. These are two easy safety nets to establish. And yes, if you work for a company and you get laid off, you can collect unemployment. And that's something that is a built-in safety net for someone who's working for a company. But the unemployment is not your full pay. And you can probably you know, survive on that and have no issues getting unemployment. However, as someone who's self-employed, you can easily build in a safety net with these two things that I mentioned. So that one, I think, is something that is a misconception and something that you can put aside as really not a negative. It's something that every self-employed person should have anyway. You need to have an emergency fund or some access to funds in case something happens. Now, getting sick, not having sick days, and also getting injured are things that are a true negative in the pool industry. I can't lie to you and sugarcoat it. If you get the flu and you're out for a week, there's really no one that can cover your route. Now, you can get things to cover your route, and I'll explain that in a minute. But if you have sick days in your pool business, you can make the choice to work when you're sick, which I usually do. I don't really take time off when I'm sick. I go out there if I'm coughing and sniveling. It's not a big deal to me. You know, I've worked with broken ribs. I've worked with a sprained ankle. I've worked with an ingrown toenail. It's something that I kind of put myself in that position to work when I'm injured. You don't have to. However, your pools probably aren't going to be done that week. And if it's going to be consecutive weeks, you could run into some problems there. There are some things you can put in place in case you do get sick or injured. If you join your local IPSA chapter, they do have sick day cover and route coverage for injuries. I think up to two weeks they'll cover your route. And you're also required to cover other pool professionals' routes when you join IPSA. And so here's the initial of the group. And they're nationwide. It's IPSSA. IPSSA. And it's the Independent Pool and Spa Service Association. If you wanted to go to their website and see a local group, you can find them at www. Not sure if I have to say that. .ipsa. I-P-P ipssa.com. I really screwed that up. It's www.ipssa.com. And they have sick route coverage. They also have coverage if you get injured. And it's something that you'll have to do again. If you sign up for that, you'll have to go out there and help other pool pros that are sick or injured. And it's a safety net that I think a lot of people would like to have. And it's something that you may want to consider If you're really worried about, you know, if you get sick or injured, who's going to cover your route, I would recommend joining a group like this. That's something that if it makes you feel safer and you have kind of a safety net in that regards, go ahead and join. It's not a problem. 
It is something that I highly recommend. You can also train a relative to go out there and help you. Or you can buddy up with another pool company directly and say, hey, you know, if I ever get sick or injured, can you take some of my pool, you know, pools that day and I'll do the same for you and maybe form a little network there. So there's ways of doing that. Or you can just miss the pools for a week. It's not the end of the world. You should have some sick days built in. You heard me talk about sick days and vacation days before, but I'll just cover it briefly here. And you can explain this to your customers if you get sick or injured, is that you know, some months have an extra day. For instance, right here, I'm looking at the calendar for March 2023. There's five Wednesdays, five Thursdays, and five Fridays. But you bill your customer monthly. That means you're doing an extra service day and really not charging them for it at least four or five times a year, depending on what day the service falls on. And you can use that one month of extra days for vacation, for sick days, and this is another built-in safety net. If you bill monthly, if you bill a flat monthly rate and not weekly, you can use those extra days that are built into the calendar to take off for sick days or vacation. So it's not really a big deal if you have the flu a week for a week and you're out of work for a week because you had that built-in one week off anyway. It's just not really fun to take a week off from work because you go back to a mess in a lot of cases. But it's one of those things where you're self-employed you're doing a service job. If you don't have employees that can cover the route for you, if you haven't buddied up with someone or trained a relative to step in for you, or you're not an IPSA member, you're just going to have to skip that week of work. And it's something that we don't have kind of sick days where you can get a substitute teacher or someone at work and cover for you. We don't have that built-in kind of safety net there as a self-employed person. But there's workarounds for it. And I think this is probably the only real negative, you know, being sick and injured, because if you work for a company, you can get, you know, disability or workman's comp. But if you are self-employed and you break your ankle or break your arm, you're really going to have to get someone to cover your route for you or go out and help you with your route. I mean, if you can have someone drive you around and ride with them, a relative or a friend, that's great. But it's one of those things where it is one of the risks of having your own business without any employees if you're a single polar or with any safety net, because if you do get sick and injured, you really can't do anything about it. And I think it's something that to consider, really consider the fact, you know, if you're a healthy person, if you're young, chances of you getting sick and injured are very, very minimal to the point where you're going to, you know, lose business or can't go out there for a week or two or three or four weeks. But accidents do happen. Like I said, I've sprained my ankle and I slipped in the mud, I bro- I've broken my ribs, I've had other injuries, but I was able to work through all of that. So yes, there are real negatives at being self-employed, but I must say the positives far, far, far outweigh any of these things I mentioned here. And I'm being real with you, these are things to consider when you're starting a business of any kind and you want to be self-employed. But the positives are, you set your own hours, you can take days off when you need to, you can be at all the events for your kids if you plan your route around that. You can scale the business to make plenty of money to cover health insurance, retirement, sick days, emergencies. And I think the scalability of the business is something that's extremely key and should be the focus of why you want to be self-employed. Because again, if you're a police officer, you can work 40 extra hours, I guess. You would really be burned out at that point. And if you're anyone else, you can work more hours to get overtime. But in the pool industry, you can scale your business to the point where you're working the same amount of hours, 
and making double the money or close to that by bringing on employees, by doing certain work out there, by raising your rates $10 or $20 per account. You you just effectively scaled up your income without really adding any hours to your work. And so the scalability, I think, and the time management, the fact that you have no boss over you, you can set your the time you go to work, the time you get off, you don't have to work the weekends, you can go to events. I think these are all pluses that far, far, far outweigh any negatives of being in the pool industry and being self-employed. And not to say there's no risk in being self-employed. There's a lot of risk of being a self-employed because you could be out of business. And that's one reason why when you're trying to invest in real estate and you're self-employed, the bank looks at you as if you're unemployed. And that's one of the hardest things about being self-employed is that the banks don't respect you and they're not gonna it's not gonna be easy to get any kind of loan or any kind of money from the bank to buy real estate because effectively to the bank being self-employed is being unemployed. Unfortunately, if you get 1099s and if you get a W-2 The banks think you're golden, but if you report your income and you're showing a profit and a loss statement, they just don't respect that. And honestly, you know, that's just the reality of being self-employed. There's more hurdles when you're doing anything as someone who's self-employed than someone who's getting a paycheck. But again, you make a lot more money being self-employed over the years, I believe. But of course, consider all of this before you make the jump into the pool industry. If you're looking for other podcasts I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingproolearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I've recorded, and you can listen to those at your leisure. If you're interested in the coaching program that I offer, at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.